welcome to another episode of Dependence Blaining, the podcast. I am Veronica. Are you Veronica? I don't know who I am right now. Maybe <laughs> you're Veronica. Who knows? I might be Veronica right now. I don't know. But no, I can't you be can as cool be, as Veronica. No, you can be me, Veronica, and I'll be you, Jen. Perfect. Okay. Jen? You got to read my story, though. It's your turn. Okay, Jen. I mean, Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm already confused again. (laughs) Oh, Um, Oh, 2020. Yeah. Well, welcome to another episode of Dependent Splaining. We're excited to be here again um, recording for you guys. We had a very long rant before we actually even started recording. Yeah. And then we proceeded to record... (laughs) Into more ranting and talking and nonsense, mostly me. Jen listened. She's a great listener. I try. I'm here she for you. She tries. Yeah, no, she tries. You listen really to my rant. I, you listen to my rant. I had a big one beforehand, too. Well, right after we started recording, all of a sudden my mouth was like, ooh, let's spill <laughs> everything right now. <laughs> yes. No, it's okay. It's fine. I like listening to your rant. Um, I want to hear our listener rant. Wouldn't that be mm-hmm. great? Okay, send us your rants at dependusplaining at gmail.com or leave us a little Facebook comment, Twitter, uh, or Instagram. We want to hear about your life. Tell us all about it. And don't forget to check us out on Millsell Muster. Millsell Muster. Is that my cue? <laughs> yes. That's your cue. That's to the start cue. talking. Jen, to come on now. I'm like, oh, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find us on Milso Muster. Uh, we are updated on the app every week that our episodes come out. And subscribe for $4.99 to Milso Plus, where you can find our podcast and some other podcasts. I promise one of these days I will be fully prepared and have names of things for you <laughs> so you know. Or you can just head over to their Instagram page and you will find all the information you need. Download Milso Muster and subscribe. Listen, all the information you need is coming directly out of our mouths right now. And that's it. That's all you need to know is what we're going to tell you today. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's what yeah. you need. We're here for you. And we're mm-hmm. here to give you that information, as always. Yeah. Yes. And... Jen has a great story for us today. Right, Jen? I do. I'm excited. I do. It's exciting. Um, Before we get into it, is there anything else you want to add? Um, (laughs) No, not really. Just, you know, we're dealing with this PCS still. It's been going fairly smooth now after our appeal went through. So, no, everything's just waiting now. Everything's scheduled. My husband uh, like was like texting me last night, and he's like, "What kind of furniture do you want? Like temporary furniture?" And I was like, "Well, beds, pretty <laughs> <laughs> yes. gross beds that you know a thousand butts had sat have um slept lots on. of lumps, yes, all the yeah. butts, and then like couches and stuff like that, um, dining room table because you know we get packed out next month, we won't have anything for a few weeks until we get into lodging." I know a lot of the stateside uh, bases don't offer temporary furniture. Did you know that? I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't know if it's like all 
locations. I'm just speaking from experience right now, but when we were in Montana, we didn't get any temporary furniture. We were in our house with, with camping chairs and yeah. um, air mattresses for a month. So, yeah. But when you're overseas, most definitely they give you stuff to get you by until you your household goods arrive or you're getting ready to leave. So, yeah, that's where we're at right now. It's like, and like I told you before we started recording is... I'm just trying to downsize the house even more because I know the location we're going to, the houses are probably about the same size as here in the UK. However, I am willing to sacrifice size for a really excellent location. (laughs) And that's Mm -hmm. what I want. Right. And I just fucking hate cleaning the house. I just hate it. (laughs) I hate it. I hate having to spend hours every week cleaning Today is my upstairs yeah. cleaning day. I get to clean the upstairs. I get to. I don't have You're to. You're so lucky. Get to. <laughs> no. You're just so lucky. Look at you. You get You're to lucky. do that? Man. You're lucky you live in a one-story house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm grateful because, yeah, we had a two-story before in England, and so now I'm, like, having a one-story house. I was like, oh, this is where mm-hmm. it's at. I don't think I can do... I don't think I can do two stories anymore. God, no. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Um, <laughs> how many crates did you have when they packed you out? Uh, six. Six. Yeah, Ten. and I was like, how, where did all this shit come from? And apparently it was all my kitchen. I don't know. Really? How many did you have coming here to the UK? I th- think five. Mm, I think five. in the whole crate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they estimated a seven. And I was like, okay, well, that's better than the nine we came with. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but I still want to get down to a lot less, if possible, like reduce one more crate size. And I'm like, I have all these picture frames hanging everywhere. I don't think people need to be looking at pictures of me or my kids anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm sick of it. And so I've been going through the house, removing pictures out of picture frames. And those picture frames are going into the donation box. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, I'll have like three picture frames in the house. That's it. Nothing else on the walls. I'm just, it's, I'm, I want my house to look like a mental institution. <laughs> nothing on the walls, nothing sharp or dangerous in the house. So nothing. I don't want anything. Just yeah. the couch. And that's it. Just a comfy couch that you can bash your head on. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Where I can bounce off of it. When I have had bad days, and yeah, I don't need padded walls. It's fine. I have this comfy couch. Yeah. Padded walls take up a lot of room, and they have to be dusted. <laughs> I don't got time for that. The less cleaning, the better. Please. Yes. Anyways, Jen, as this podcast goes on, Veronica just gets more and more bitter, and it's not what I promote. <laughs> We're not bitter. Not I'm at all. so bitter. <laughs> I know we, it's you can't help it it's just we can't help it you get farther in life and then things happen and you're just like all right I, I apologize for being bitter but it's my opinion yeah sorry you feel that way about my bitterness <laughs> oh sorry your feelings are hurt sorry your <laughs> your feelings are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that I don't care about your feelings yeah Still don't care. Sorry that your <laughs> sorry that your feelings are so sensitive. I don't know. Yeah, sorry you're being such a baby about it. 
I'm just kidding. I'm a very compassionate person. I swear. I promise you I am a compassionate person. I'm just I'm just tired. You know what? I'm tired, okay? I had mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not sleep very well again because I was thinking about cake pops. That was giving me anxiety today because I am making cake pops for my uh, son's birthday. He wants me to take him to school and I was like, "Okay, I can make some." And I was kind of struggling with them a little bit yesterday because I did. I would like not making them, but like that wasn't the problem. Like I made them just fine. I I dipped them in the chocolate, whatever. It was keeping them standing upright. That yes. was my issue. It said, yeah, uh, like I used rice, a buck, like a bowl of rice to keep them. No, that shit kept falling over. So and then I was trying to put it through like a strainer through the holes in the strainer. That wasn't working until so they all kept falling over. And I was like, this is my life right now. I am that cake pop <laughs> <laughs> trying to stand you up. You are. I keep the cake falling pop. over. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm a cake pop. And I, every time I fall over, I leave a little piece of my delicious, wonderful frosting <laughs> um, somewhere. And then when I get back up, the shell of my frosting has ripped off. That's me. Mm-hmm. I am that cake pop. But I figured it out. I found a, a bucket of clay that the kids were playing with, and I just stuck it in the clay, and that works. That's where I get it. But it was like my anxiety was like I gotta finish the rest of them. It was bad, Jen. This is this is the stupidest thing I've ever said. That the cake pops were giving me anxiety. <laughs> it's okay. What's wrong it with happens. my happens. Nothing. That's the. But yeah. that also too. If you think about it, just be. You can try to bring it down to where you're like I'm grateful that's the only thing that's giving me anxiety right now even though God it's a pain in the for butt saying that Jen yes <laughs> I am extremely lucky that it's my main problem yeah. right now is finishing the cake pops so thank you Jen for bringing me back down you have repaired <laughs> the shell of my cake pop thank you I stuck your shell back on your body yes. of cake pop yeah you have melted that coating to fill the cracks of the broken shell. Thank you. <laughs> That's a beautiful You're welcome. Veronica. <laughs> you started it. I just had to. I went along with it. I went for the ride and it worked. I always start it. The best part, right? That's why we like you so much. Keep starting it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you should start telling us your story. How about that? Okay. Please. I can do that. I can do okay. that. All right. All right, guys. I'm excited. So I'm excited. this this um story deals, again, of course, true crime with murder. And there might be a few triggers of, like, uh, child abuse. So I'll warn you before um, I get into okay. it. All right. So this is the murder of Cindy Ray and the fetal abduction. <gasps> Oh my god, fetal? Yeah, so it's like a double. It's, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Okay. Fucking crazy. So, Cindy Ray was a mother of one, with one on the way, and a military spouse living at Kirkland Air Force Base in New Mexico. Cindy's husband, Sam, was in the Security Forces Squadron. On July 23rd, 1987... Sam was finishing up some paperwork before he needed to meet up with Cindy outside of her OB visit at Kirt- in, on Kirtland Air Force Base. Cindy was eight and a half months pregnant 
and their toddler, so their other child, their son, was with a babysitter. As Cindy finished up her her baby appointment over, uh, I'm not to repeat myself. You know where we are. She walked. Well, at eight and a half months pregnant, you kind of more waddle <laughs> around than you do walk yeah, you anymore. Yeah, grunt around. Yeah, you're in a hotty sweat, sweaty mess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's July in New Mexico. So you can only imagine how happy oh. she must be outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That pregnant, that hot. Yeah. Super fun. Um. So, yes, she was walking back to her car to wait for her husband to come meet her in the parking lot. But little did anyone know she would be, she would just completely up and vanish. Mm-hmm. And silence for, what is that? What's that phrase you used? Pause for something. Pause for effect? I don't know. Pause for, yeah, sure. There we go. I ruined it already. It's fine. Dramatic effect? There you go. Pause <laughs> for dramatic effect. That's it. Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> I, I effect. fucked it up. I fucked, I fucked it up. Oh, anyway, gotcha. Okay. Moving on. All right. So Sam and Cindy grew up in Payson, Utah. They fell in love in high school in high school band where Sam led the drum section and she marched beside him on the cymbals. So cute. They were band geeks together. And I can only say that because my brother was a band geek, so it's okay. He was a senior and she was a sophomore when they met and fell in love. In April of 1983, they married in the Salt Lake Temple. And they then moved to Germany because of the Air Force. Ooh. As we know, he's in the Air Force. Ooh. So, right? Exciting. Yeah. Right after you get married, you get to go to Germany. What? Super fun. It is very exciting. Yeah. At about 4.30 p.m. on July 23rd, 1987, a distraught woman approached a car salesman at Montano Acura in North Albuquerque asking for help. She was clutching a newborn wrapped in a blood-stained dress. She tells the man, I've delivered my own baby on the highway. She told the salesman she had to pull over, deliver the baby, and bite the umbilical cord free. It's a lot of detail that you're Wait, did you say bite? Bite, yeah. She she says she had to bite because, like, she didn't have anything else to cut the umbilical cord. Oh, she bit. I thought, sorry. I thought for some reason you said she was asking him. <laughs> yeah. And Ew. I was like, well, I'm sure there's some sort That's of really personal tool around that he could use. Yeah, Ooh, possibly okay. at she the uh, car set. No, she, yeah, uh, she bit oh, the no. umbilical cord free. Yep. When the salesman checked the company logs, he saw that this was, in fact, Darcy Pierce, who had come by just last week with her husband, hoping to get a new car. They did not get a new car because the car she wanted was way out of their price range. Mm -hmm. And also, he noted that when he saw her last week, she did, in fact, look very pregnant, like she was going to deliver, you know... Any any day now, any day, any week. So, okay. Darcy and her newborn daughter were taken by ambulance to the hospital. At the hospital, Darcy insisted the baby be checked over, but that she did not need to be examined. 
They were concerned because Darcy had blood and mud from her thighs down to her feet, and they wanted to make sure she wasn't still bleeding from delivery. Right. That she said she did on the highway. Darcy was refusing. She wanted to sign a waiver, get a birth certificate, and check out. But her husband, Ray Pierce, would not let her go without being checked. By the evening, the doctors knew the Pierce baby had not been born vaginally. Right. They just could tell. They obviously knew that. Oh, because because of the cone head? Yes, exactly. Her head, the baby's head, was perfectly round. And the blood that was on Darcy was not in the right places if you delivered vaginally on your own. Mm. Mm -hmm. At 6.30 p.m., Sam Ray, which we know is Cindy's husband, reports his wife, Cindy Ray, missing. By 10 p.m., Darcy Pierce agrees to be examined as long as they don't inform her husband about their findings. She's like, yeah, you can go ahead. Fine. If you're not going to let me go, you can examine me, but just don't tell my husband. Because she obviously knows that (laughs) the one look and they'll be like, yeah, you didn't have a baby. What they're going to find. There's no baby inside of you. There's nothing that came out. So Darcy then admits that she lied to keep her husband from knowing the baby wasn't his. She claims the baby was delivered by a surrogate mother in Santa Fe. She goes on to say she met the surrogate outside Mm. of an abortion clinic in Portland, Oregon. She paid this woman $10,000 and flew her to Santa Fe to take the baby, basically. And, 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 so she paid the lady $10,000 for her child, flew her to Santa Fe, and... Then the midwife that supposedly delivered this child then splashes blood on Darcy so that it looks like she delivered a baby. Splashes blood. Like, that's disgusting. Come on. Uh, I'm sorry. Is it is a child telling this story? Like, it just sounds like something made, so made up by a child. They like, you have the baby. The, the, the seagull drops <laughs> off the baby. It's, it's not a seagull, is it? <laughs> I don't know why I said seagull. The bird that delivers babies. And it splashes blood. The stork? A stork, thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said seagull. Oh, you know, it's Rose, a bird. If, a, if a seagull drops off a baby, run. Yeah, Seagulls I don't think you gross. want that baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't think you want it. Yeah. By 1 a.m. in the hospital, they lock down the nursery and they call the police. Because now they've done their examination and now they know that Darcy's a fucking crazy person. Right, they're on to her now. Yeah, they, they just tell. She's out of her mind. None of what Darcy had said or her answers to the police, the police's questions, were making any sense. They were asking, you know, they'd like ask her about her story, like, where did 10 how did you get ten thousand dollars and she's like it's from a trust fund it's like what they're like okay (laughs) okay after being questioned throughout the night and the next morning darcy finally breaks down she asked to speak with steve cop coppinger coppinger of the air force office of special investigations and within minutes she Mm -hmm. confesses everything so 
Darcy Pierce, who is just 19, kidnapped Cindy Ray as she walked out from the, her um, OB appointment. She used a gun to get Cindy into her car, and they drove off toward Cibola National Forest. Cindy Ray, who was 23, was first strangled, and then Darcy, using a car key, cut open Cindy's belly in the same spot you would do for a cesarean section. A car key? A car key. She slashed at her with a car key. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the reason she knew exactly where to cut her was because she had been reading up and learning about how to perform a C-section mm-hmm. on somebody. Just great. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this was um, this was back in, what year was this again? 1987. In the 80s, so 1987. So there was no... YouTube, because YouTube will teach no. you how to do everything. I know, right? So she was probably looking up medical books and probably watching those bringing home baby stories or something. I don't even know if they had that. Yeah. And with the car key. Yeah. So okay. brutal. And she was so only brutal. 19. Darcy was only 19. Oh, what a psycho. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so she, once she cut... Cindy opened. She then ripped the baby from the unconscious mother, who she then left to bleed to death. Just terrible. There was a, I read in an article that a, some guy that lives out in that area, it's kind of just like desolate, almost, you know, like farmy field stuff, not a whole lot going on Mm -hmm. out there. But some guy who lives out there was driving by, stops because he sees this car and the doors are open, and so he's like, oh, I wonder if they need help, because that's weird, just doors open everywhere, and he walks over to Darcy, and she's, like, kind of huddled over top of Cindy, and he's like, hey, is everything okay, and she tells him, like, she tells him, like, oh, you know, everything's fine, we just need to be, me and my friend need to be alone, you need to go, me and my friend just need to be alone, And right there, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a red flag, like, that's weird. But then, you know, he's a stranger and, you know, you don't really want to get into people's business so much, you know. So he leaves and he he leaves her to do her business. Oh, my God. He could have done something, could have saved her, could have stopped this all before happening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure he feels bad. I'm sure he probably felt bad after that, too, knowing that. Oh, yeah. Knowing what actually happened. It's just unfortunate. So, Sam Ray, Cindy's husband, was notified by his commander and the base chaplain of the news. And then he was also handed his tiny six-pound, eight-ounce, healthy baby girl. Darcy was then taken into custody. Her confession was taped and played at her trial in March. It was argued by her defense that Darcy Mm. suffered from multiple personalities. So I'm I'm weird and I like learning about people with multiple personality disorder. It it kind of fascinates me to see how people work in that way and they say it's a lot of the times it's from trauma in your life whether it's from young trauma 
when you're older, trauma. it's just, yeah, yes. it's trauma and your brain kind of shuts off at some point and that's where one of your personalities mm-hmm. comes come from. So, so I, uh, so right. I can kind of understand if she is in this way because they go into detail about her childhood that she was given away mm-hmm. um, only at, when she was only 11 days old. Um, she never liked her stepmother. She always called her uh, fat. She just did not like her stepmom or her adopted mom, whatever, at all. It was also report- also said that she was made to perform oral sex on a male neighbor by the time she was in third grade um, and then also approached many other times. Mm-hmm. It was also said a cousin, a cousin of hers said this in court that her her Darcy and her cousin had a started having a sexual relationship by the time she was six years old and it lasted for six years. That was from her cousin, so what? Oh my god. So also Darcy after she was married after she got married, she actually was pregnant at one time, but she had a miscarriage. And that kind of like I think that was mm-hmm. the the break in her that kind of started this whole obsession about wanting to have a baby. It was like her passion in mm-hmm. life. Like, I want to have a baby and I want it now. And she apparently was uh, right. lying to her husband, friends, and family for a very long time. Longer than before this even happened. She was lying about having, being pregnant, claiming that she had a stillborn at one point and... Yeah, so she was lying about having this mm. baby. Apparently, she had been lying for this time right before she um, murdered Cindy. She had been lying about being pregnant for almost 14 months by stuffing clothes in her shirt. She's not an elephant. <laughs> right? That's fucking crazy. Uh, she was stuffing clothes in her yeah. shirt. And, yeah, and so by the time she actually had the baby, quote-unquote, had the baby, it was, like, almost 14 months with this lie. So maybe in between she had said, like, oh, I had another miscarriage. I don't know, but it's kind of crazy to me that nobody caught on to her and she's stuffing clothes inside of her shirt. Like, really? Really? Well, and and she was married. I imagine things happened in between those 14 months like you would think what did he say or was she just not wanting to do anything and not wanting to be intimate with him yeah so it was also claimed that uh darcy gained like 60 pounds or something too so if she did that on purpose then maybe she probably has a bit of a gut and that is one it's actually a doctor when she was at the hospital okay. claiming claiming she had a baby on the highway the doctor did notice that she did have a bulging stomach but that it was just you know it was soft it wasn't her uterus fat. expanded it was yes it was just fat so yeah okay it's it's kind of crazy they went I'm into not, a little like shaming anybody no 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 it's just she did these things in a way to sort For of... For descriptive tr- purposes. Yes. to She did it to trick everyone. So she she had a purpose for it. 
But they did go into mm-hmm. some of the details on, like, with her multiple personalities, claiming one of them was the one who killed Cindy, and then another personality was the one helping the baby, and another personality was the one mm-hmm. getting the baby. You know, like, they went into kind of detail on mm-hmm. that. Um, and that kind of that stuff kind of fascinates me, so I'm weird, but... You know, that's yeah, why yeah. I'm here. No, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. I actually heard an episode today of, um, it's called This Is Actually Happening. It's a mm-hmm. podcast. And it, the episode today was about a girl who was, um, she was raped uh, at a very young age um, by two different men at like at the same time. And so she she felt so much shame with this trauma and she just went on about her life and she says how she suppressed the feelings, all those feelings that came with as a result of the rape and um, she just pushed it all down and she said that later on in life it started coming up and she started like hallucinating and seeing things and um, there would be voices in her head and like the, she had names for them and personalities and then she um, ended up having to go to therapy and I believe she still has those voices however she knows how to deal with them and how to be compassionate towards them because it is like a version of her just under trauma so it's really really interesting It, it is it's really crazy to think of how many different ways the brain can work because you only think of yourself as just being yourself as you are. But in some cases like that, I mean, your brain mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, the it, it changes. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and just how you want to, like, disassociate yourself with exactly. that. And it, it takes up, it becomes an entity on its own. So mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So that was kind of just in my opinion. I understood where she could, they could... The psychi- like the psychiatrist can come at her saying like she's got multiple personalities and you know all these mm-hmm. things um, because she had a very traumatic childhood which is different stuff and lots of trauma and everything so that's just that was my opinion that was not research that was just me just me so the state's psychiatrist said that she was sick but not insane and the jury agreed so on March 29th, 1988, Darcy was found guilty of first-degree murder, kidnapping, and child abuse. She was then sentenced to life in mm. prison. And that was a very undramatic oh ending <laughs> to the dramatic story of the murder of Cindy Ray. I just want to know how her her husband didn't know. Yeah, I would like to know that, too. How did you not see... And how did you not know, being in the military, that when your wife's not going into, like, well, like, baby checkups and, you know, ultrasound and all that stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, or feeling the baby move, know. you know, all yeah. the things that come along with the pregnancy. Um, it's like those stories where they're like, I didn't know I was pregnant. Yes. I, I find it so hard to believe. And I know it's true. I know there are women who go through pregnancies and you can't even tell or whatever it's just so weird to me i just know everything that i felt when i was pregnant with both my kids and and like the mood swings and the cravings and the you know the fatigue that comes with it and everything everything it's like how did they not know how did he not know yeah i don't know i guess men are fools they are and she must have just been a very good 
actress. So, like, she was pregnant once. I don't know how far along before she miscarried. So, mm-hmm. if she was far enough to where she kind of w- felt different things and then maybe she was a very good actress. Apparently, throughout her life, she was just, she liked to lie about everything. She would exaggerate, over-exaggerate stuff, uh, just, or tell straight-up lies about, about anything she could. Basically, to get the attention. Yeah. And that is not what you need to do. So, what was she gonna do, yeah, so what was she gonna do after she had the baby? Like, supposedly she had the baby, like, oh, here, I brought a baby home, like, sorry I didn't call you while I was in labor. I don't right. I think she uh, was trying like, to play you know, it off, having them at a hospital and having insurance cover. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. It's it's weird. It's really weird. And like, yeah, you know, Tricare covers all that shit. So you know, try being on Tricare, yeah. they give you a blood test right away to make sure you know that they have it recorded that yes, you are indeed pregnant, and then here's your referral for off base mm-hmm. or. Let's get you started on appointments. So how do you not know? (laughs) How do you not know that she's not going to any of these things? Yeah. I mean, I guess it was the 80s. So who knows how things ran back then? Yeah. A little more freely, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just crazy. It just blows my Mm -hmm. mind because this isn't the first time that it's that's actually happened. There were actually two more before that that had happened in 19 in the 1970s. Same type of thing. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. This is my theory of what happened to Lacey Peterson. Mm. That somebody kidnapped her and um, wanted her baby. That very well could be because people are crazy. That's my theory. As we know. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All right, Veronica. What do you have for us? Bring us up. So... I have. I thought it would be very interesting today to cover what is just very quickly. It's very brief. There's not too much to it. But it's the uh, Military Humanitarian or Compassionate Assignment. Have you heard of it? Ooh, No, I haven't. So I got all of my info on this page called thebalancecareers.com. Um, so what it says, it's, um, when somebody is facing like a hardship in their family, someone in the military is facing a hardship with their family or their spouse's family, and they can apply to be reassigned to a new location that would allow them to be closer to those family members that, um, may need you. A lot of times leave isn't enough to take care of the situation Mm -hmm. so a lot of times this you know like their their hardship will require like the presence of the military member just to resolve the issue and um so it's considered an emergency in some cases and leave uh, leave is not enough so to help uh, military members in such situations each of the services has developed a program that mil- allows military members to be reassigned or temporarily deferred from an assignment if they have a severe family hardship, which requires this presence to resolve. So the Air Force, the Marines, and the Coast Guard all call this program the humanitarian assignment, and the Army calls it their um, the compassionate uh, reassignment, which I've heard of both for all, both for um all branches um but it's it's pretty much the same 
thing. So what they do is that you apply for this and you are reviewed. It's all done in a very fast manner in order to expedite everything because obviously your family member is going to need you. Um, and it's reviewed and ultimately it's decided like the commander can sign off on it, yes or no situation. So the humanitarian reassignment or the deferment is not limited to a single reason though, although it can't just be like, you know, I have a parent who has cancer and is dying. It's it's other circumstances. They can include the terminal illness of a family member, the death of an um of a military member's spouse or a child, uh sexual assaults um of the spouse or child, um, or issues involving a serious like financial impact such as like loss of property through like a fire or a disaster. Um, so it doesn't all have to fit in a box. It just depends on what the situation is and how it's affecting the service member at the time. Um, so a lot of careful consideration goes into the, into like each request. So there's an entire team that looks at the whole person concept and they look at each situation as if it were like, as if they were in that person's shoes as well how they put it and it's you know done through empathy and kindness uh, also when you're applying for this make sure you have everything that you need because missing documents can delay the process which normally takes two to four weeks and uh, so the better you are organized the faster it can be expedited so and it's all you know everything that you submit that could uh, plead your case because they look at it it like paints a clear picture of like the scope of the problem. So whatever you can get to help you uh, plead your case, like I said. Uh, um, so <laughs> if, the if the application does not meet the threshold for an approval under the humanitarian program, the case managers take the extra step to research if the military members may be eligible for another alternative assignment option. So they could maybe apply for like a base of preference or like a follow-on assignment. Or maybe like they don't meet the requirements at the moment, but like things can change and then they might be able to do that. So I've known a few people that have done this when they have a family member who is sick and they need their care, they will locate or relocate the military member to the closest base depending on availability because they just can't, you know, ship you all willy-nilly. Like, they're not going to spend the money. The government's not going to spend the money just to send them even though there's not a spot for them. So mm -hmm. to the closest location according to their job. And they'll do that. Um, it could be temporary. It could be permanent. It just depends on the situation. Um, a lot of times it it is for an illness, like a family member is ill. And they will look at uh, a parent, like if it's your parents uh, or your spouse's parents or a child. Um, a lot of times, like the sibling does not count as like, they don't take that into consideration for that if it's a sibling like of the of the service member or the spouse of the service member so it has to be like a parent i know one person who was denied this because it was a grandparent they didn't see it as a direct yeah. family even though that 
grandparent raised this person. So I think those type of situations will really depend on, you're depending on who's approving it. So hopefully like your commander or your, like your leader can help you out with that. Typically like a reassignment or a deferment is a one-time action to resolve like the critical problem with the family member and within a reasonable period of time. Normally it's 12 months. That's what they give you. But I, I know people that have moved permanently to another location in order to help um, their family member. So if you're going through a hardship right now, um, back home with your family, I, I recommend looking into that. And if you're looking to relocate, this could be a good option for you or your active duty member. It's, I know from experience, it's horrible to lose a family member. And I can't imagine losing a family member when you're not there, like when you can't be there to help them get through the situation. So, and also, you know, the rest of your family will depend on you as well for support. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to let everyone know that there is options um, and it's, um, it's good to look into it to see if you qualify for that. So. Yeah, I tell you, it was really short. Just wanted to talk really briefly on it. No, that's that's awesome because that's I think that's a really good thing for people to know that if you are facing that type of situation, that you have somewhere to go in case you know to see if maybe you can get this move done so that you guys can be closer mm-hmm. to that family member. I think that's I think that's awesome that they do that. I know that they can't help every single person and it all depends on the situation and if that incoming base can, you know, can be of use to the new, the member coming in. So it, there's a lot of factors to it too. And that's what's hard. And, um, but it's worth a try if you are in that situation for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I know, like, uh, families that have lost a child at their current location, and they will rapidly get them out of there yeah, and go to a different location. So that's another situation where that can be done, is getting them out of their current base. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you for that information. Yeah, definitely speak to your significant other, your active duty member, and uh, have them go through their chain of command. If this is something that is affecting your family, it could definitely affect your relationship with your significant other because you guys are all so far away from home. Mm-hmm. We all are so far away from home. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just a little hump to get over and you never know, like you going back to see your family member might just be the key that they needed to, to um, make everything better. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We went home on emergency leave a few years ago and uh, Kyle's grandma was very, very sick and it was like she wasn't even going to make it through the night when they let us know. So we flew home on emergency leave and she ended up getting better. She got better and she was able to get out of the ICU and then she went into a home and we were able to tell her that we were expecting our first child and she did end up passing like maybe like four months later after we had seen her so we got to see her and we kind of said goodbye to her even though we thought she was gonna be okay Mm -hmm. but she we did get to see her so that that was nice that and that's another thing like they uh the red cross 
can help you out with that. And I should get into that uh, probably in another episode. The Red Cross will help you fly home. They will give you money. It's money that you have to pay back, but they do help you get home. So if you have a family member that's um, ill back home and it is expected, not expected to live very much longer or just their situation is so dire, they can get in contact. The family members back home can get in contact with the Red Cross. Red Cross can notify um, your leadership where you are and they can help you get to them. So that's and like no no but ifs or what's about it like you can just go and they'll help you with that um there's also finance finance can also help you with your the cost of like a, a flight home or you know just the transportation i mean it has to be paid back but right. the little boost is there to help you so that's something for another episode it's really interesting so Yes, look into it. If you are in a hardship and you guys need help, know that there is help out there for you guys. The military will support you. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you for all that information. It's good to know. I really hope that helps somebody out there. Who knows? Maybe there is somebody out there that's curious. So share it with your friends because you never know with that kind Mm -hmm. of information who it could help. That's what we're here for. We're here for, guys. Yeah. I only found out about this just a few years ago, so. Yeah. I've heard, I like, I've heard of it. I didn't really know exactly all that it entails. I just heard it was like, oh, in certain situations, you you might be able to be moved to a base that's as close as they can get to your family member that mm-hmm. is in need or so. Mm-hmm. So thank you for all that right. information. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you, Jen, for your crazy-ass story, as always. It's depressing, yes. as always. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> this is, like, an <laughs> everyday thing. I, like, you know, I'm constantly always listening or watching a YouTube something about yeah, same, it. Same, same, same. In true crime groups, talking with other people about it. It's just it's never-ending. <laughs> This disgusting, weird fascination we have yes, with these stories. But you know what? It's with any story. I just, I like hearing stories, period. It doesn't have to be about true crime. It could be other stuff, as long as it's interesting. Exactly. <laughs> interesting, interesting to me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of interesting, Veronica had this amazing idea, and we will post it out on our social medias about having people contact us anonymously with your interesting stories or secrets if you're willing to share it will be a hundred percent anonymous nobody's gonna know who you are you know we don't worry we're all about being discreet here but um i think it would be awesome and if you could tell us a story anything Mm -hmm. military related that you've i don't know that's anything you'd like to get off your chest would be good and we'll tell the story you know we're here for you it doesn't have to be serious it could be like funny yeah or or something that we didn't know or just um i would love to hear a funny story i would too entertain us that's what we would love we'd like to be more entertained by all of our listeners and knowing stories about you or anything you've gone through you want to share I mean, even if it's like a short thing about something that happened since you've been a military spouse that you found is either Mm -hmm. super annoying or really funny or can you believe this happened to me? 
or you know something Mm -hmm. we would love to hear it anything yeah yeah it could be anything if you had an affair yeah i want to know about it (laughs) yeah 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 if you are a swinger i want to know yes we do. We want to know about all your pineapples and your flamingos that you got sitting in your front lawn. And um, <laughs> it's really funny. I told my friend here about that on Thanksgiving that um, if you have a different colored light or if you have like a tide box in your window or you got a um, flamingo in your front yard and then mm-hmm. somebody else that was there, she had said, she mentioned that too. There's like, it's, I think it's something to with a pineapple, um, your broom, if your broom's upside down or something. What? And my friend goes, oh, my oh, God, my front porch light is a different color. Uh, we changed it out to keep the bugs away. And I was like, mm, I think they're, <laughs> think you're giving yeah. out the wrong signals. <laughs> you're keeping the bugs away, but you're drawing someone else's attention. Yes. And they're going to come and knock in. They are. And, uh... So it's a running joke, you know, now that she understands, you know, those secret quote, uh, secret codes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we saw the Christmas lights, somebody had a blow up uh, flamingo in their front yard. <laughs> oh. Oh, that was entertaining. Oh. We're like, well, well, we know what they want. Uh, the first time I heard about the, the different colored lights on the porch was when we lived on Guam and it was different colored lights um and there was like a house that was like two story not two stories but like a couple houses behind us Mm -hmm. and we could see in it because there's no fences on base but you (laughs) you could see the light from their porch and it was like like a not like a white light it was like a bright amber color like not natural yeah and uh one of my one of my husband's co-workers lived in that house and i know they didn't put it up because they moved in afterwards after we did after i noticed the light but i would joke and i'd be like oh airman so-and-so look he's like they're swingers look at them they have the different colored lights i knew it wasn't true because like i said the light was there before they moved in but i was like maybe the people that lived there before them were yeah who knows i would love to know that oh my gosh if you live if you're like renting a house whether it's especially if it's on base i mean too that's awesome but if you're renting a house and uh you heard any crazy stories that happen with people before you again tell us we'll share them yeah i think that would be so fun yes Yes. oh my gosh yes like yeah. when we first moved into this house and they're like, there was a fire in this house. And I said, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> a fire in this house? But it was like the leaking shower onto the electrical box and it created a electrical fire and it caught the laundry room on fire. Yikes. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. So anything that you can share with us, do it. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear your stories. And if you would with your permission, we will share your stories. It would be fun. Yeah. Help us. You, We can make it anonymous, as yep. anonymously as you want. We don't even have to say the location of where yep. you're at. No names. Just be like my friend or me or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Please send us in your fun secrets. I want to know. Yes. We want to know. Tell us. You can do that by... Emailing us at dependisplaining at gmail.com or private message us on Facebook, Insta- 
Instagram. Instagram. Where Instagram. am I? Oh my god. Instagram or Twitter. I think you can message on Twitter, right? I don't really. Know. I don't know. I don't know how to use Twitter, guys. I'm. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are doing anymore on social media. I try to do what I can, but I can't keep up with all y'all new generation shit. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. People yeah. teach me things. Send and... us an instructional an instructional <laughs> manual how to use Twitter. How to social media for the new age. That's what I need to know, I guess. How to social media if you're 30 years or older. (laughs) (laughs) If Uh, you're pushing 40, Veronica. Is there a podcast out there that can tell me how to do these things? Let me know. (laughs) There must be because I was learning a different language (laughs) the other day on one. (laughs) Yeah. They got... Podcasts got everything now, I guess. It's like YouTube. You can learn mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. get at us. Don't forget to find us on Milso Muster. Download and subscribe to Milso Plus for four ninety nine a month. And, yeah, that's about all I got. That's, yeah, I don't have much either. No. I can tell you right now, the the upstairs toilet is calling me. Yeah. To clean it. To clean it. Clean People it. come down. I know. Calling yeah. you to clean it. I'm just excited. It's almost the weekend. That means winter break. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Yay! Finally. Yes. <laughs> Finally. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't have to wake up early anymore to take, you know, have my morning coffee in silence and then take the kids to school. Yes. Just wake up early on my of my own volition. It's fine. It's fine. fine. I don't need to sleep. <laughs> Sleeping's mm. for for the birds. <laughs> you don't ever need to sleep. You're fine, right? You're j- you got this. <laughs> You're good. I got this. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be okay. You got this, Veronica. All right. You can do it. Thank you. You got this, Jen. And to all our listeners, you guys got this. We have your back. Yes. Okay? And just remember, friends, that wherever you go, there, there you are. There you are. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.